do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cube Girlist. This show is like how, how you say a personal journal of all the media I have consumed. You may, this possibility may exist. What am I about to say? You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility. In a sort of a, a spoilery warning type fashion, you might call that. Uh, something I say at the top of almost no shows now because I sort of gave up on trying it. But uh, hey, why not throw it in now this time? Uh, if you like what you hear, feel free to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. And if you send me the review, I will read it, quote unquote, on the air. I don't know if on the air still makes sense. Sense? Hmm? Excuse me? Still makes sense in a podcast as opposed to radio, but still, yeah, but still. Uh, I think without further ado, do I will push a button that will start a series of five, uh, five minute timers like this. Ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Laughter, a medicine. Okay, uh, this episode, I've uh, realized in general I wanted to say this at the top of the show, but I forgot. Uh, it's going to be, it's got some differences compared to a quote-unquote normal episode, let's say. The first of which, the two items in, uh, the first two items in this movie monologue are not strictly uh, movies per se. However, they are movie length. And they are things that you would watch uh, in a similar fashion where you would sit down and have them on a screen and enjoy them, but uh, not technically movies. The first of which is, of course, Andley. Andley, what is going on today with my word slightly different sayings of things? <sighs> and. <laughs> Andy Kindler would make a joke about it. That would be hilarious because we're talking Andy Kindler's 2018 State of the Industry Address. Or Address, if you prefer saying it like a normal human being. 
Uh, I just edited it, edited it out of cough there, which I don't normally do. But uh, I, I got this new setup, which uh, I'm hoping makes a difference, where the mic is right next to my mouth, like a professional would do and is supposed to do. Anyways, Andy Kindler's 28th State of Industry address is a uh, comedian. Andy Kindler, I think it's, I don't know if it's always been at Just for Laughs, uh, the, the comedy festival, where he's done this, but uh, I know for many years... He basically has a speech, a prepared speech. It's not so much stand-up, although it's goddamn hilarious, especially if you know Andy Kindler, uh, where he talks of things in the industry of comedy, people, uh, trends, um, mostly people and <laughs> negative trends, uh, as is his want, apparently. Uh, it, it's just something about Andy Kindler. I, I feel like he's a, he, he's a type of guy, and I say this about a very few rare people that a few rare people where he could I feel like read the phone book and make it amusing uh he is sort of famous for being a comedian's comedian uh in that uh he's probably found most funny by uh, other comedians which I uh, I feel like he has a sort of self-knowledge of that fact and uh uh, plays it up a little bit. N not that if you're not a comedian, you, you won't find him funny. Like, I find him one of the funniest comedians out there, for example. And I'm not a comedian. Uh, yeah, so uh, th since I rate things in Movie Monologue, where I normally wouldn't rate this sort of thing, easy for me to give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, he's just a, a super, super funny dude. Uh, you can find these on uh, YouTube. If you just Google Andy Kindler, State of the Union, uh, you could probably uh, go back a few years too and see what he has to say. He uh, he lets some people have it. Uh, Chris Hardwick a little bit. Joe Coy, that was funny. Louis C.K. He's apparently not the greatest fan of. Uh, less so now, obviously. Uh, it's sort of a half stand-up, half speech. It's, it's almost how you could look at it. And I, God, damn, love it. Love it. Um. Next, in the realm of comedy, is the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis. Ah, yes. Uh, the Mrs. and I have sort of made a tradition of watching these over the years. Uh, this one was okay. Uh, they did something that is a disturbing trend, I think, and that is uh, the ratio of just famous people, like actors, actresses, to actual comedians was not good. Like, there was only a few uh, real, like, standing up comedians as jimmy pardo would say uh so it, it, it honestly I, I think it made it not as funny yeah just period you have less comedians on your roast it will not be as funny it's, it's a pretty simple math uh that being said man nikki glazier was uh she went first and <laughs> i don't know she set a really good tone uh, like she was amazing. Um, Dom Herrera, sort of surprised to see him. Uh, I, I love him, but, uh, I, maybe he knew, uh, Bruce Willis. I don't know. He was just sort of a, a, I think he's Canadian too, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, lots, lots of good people. And, uh, I, I would, uh, check it out rating wise. Uh, I go like a three. See, those are hard to rate because it's probably easier to rate, the comedian, uh, the, the individuals rather than the thing as a whole. So I'll just go three as a whole, which if you are unfamiliar with my rating scale means I enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And that, uh, that probably fits us pretty good. Ah, uh, shit. I, I, I went much slower than I had meant to. I wanted to stick the, the timer today, which of course I'm not going to. 
the next actual factual movie is called Delt. Uh, 62-year-old Richard Turner is renowned as one of the world's greatest card magicians, yet he is completely blind. This is an in-depth look at a complex character who's one of magic's greatest hidden treasures. Uh, I did not know. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't know. I just thought this was like a movie about a, a, a up-close uh, card magician where he does, which, is, which is really magician is sort of a different work. What does he call it? I think he calls it a card mechanic, which uh, makes sense because he's just doing things with his hands and he, he sort of like, you know, he's doing crazy things that with his hands and cards that are tricking you like a, like a magic trick, but he, he's not calling it a trick per se. So, uh, and I, I went in the movie just sort of thinking, yeah, this is a, um, a, a movie about a guy who's really good at that. Uh, I actually either forgot or just didn't know that he was blind. And the fascinating thing about that is uh, they, they open up the movie with him doing tricks in front of an audience. And then, like, uh, afterwards, sort of interviewing the audience and uh, a lot of uh, individuals in the audience. And, and they're like, a lot of the people are like, he, uh, w wait a second, he was blind, right? <laughs> Like a, like a lot of them didn't believe what they saw that a blind person could do what he was doing, which it's just sort of fascinating because how does he know what cards are in his hands? Just, I don't think, do cards have braille on them? Huh. It just sort of fascinating what he can do and, uh, and a very interesting just guy in general. Uh, and he, he's sort of devoted his life to something with such intensity that it's a, it's a little scary even. Uh, this movie, I think probably I can give a five out of five. It's, it's definitely, definitely worth, worth a watch for the, the cool things he can do. Yes. But also just, uh, to get to know the individual as well. Uh, last, but, uh, not great. Uh, a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan III. Uh, I always try to see all movies that have Bill Murray in them, and this is one of them. And now I have watched it. Today's Television Talk sponsor is We're Human Bounty Hunter Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Today we're talking X-Files Season 10 again. What? Uh, yeah, I am... Yeah, it must have been. When did it come out? 2016. Okay, yeah. So uh, I started this podcast in 2012, so that was the math I was sort of doing. Did I talk about this on the podcast? And yes, I must have. Uh, so... I think I might have told this, not a story before, but uh, I watched this uh, season back then in 2016. Uh, and then uh, the missus sort of found out I watched it and then gave me shit and has continued to give me shit over all these intervening years because apparently, and I have no recollection of this, I uh, promised I would watch it with her. <laughs> and then I just like watched it and said, oh man, that was good. And she's just like, what the... And then a swear word happened, and I will not repeat it because it was really a bad one. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the strange thing is, I, I wouldn't think X-Files would be upper alley, really, not being of the nerdy persuasion. But uh, apparently her and her sister watched it when they were younger, so there's uh, that sort of nostalgia factor. Uh, and yeah, and, and I guess there's the odd like scary episode and she likes scary stuff. So I, I suppose there is some logic. So, uh, when season 11 just came out, uh, and I had basically 100% almost completely forgot what happened in season 10 and thought I would rewatch it. Uh, and I knew the missus would want to be a part of the rewatching and the watching of season 11. We watched it together. So there you go. I have redressed my wrongs. Uh, first and foremost, my favorite episode, uh, Mulder and Scully meet the were monster. Yeah, just a, a, a perfect episode in my estimation. You have Reese Darby in there as the uh, titular, <laughs> the titular <laughs> were monster. I uh, love Reese Darby. Uh, everything he has done is comedy gold. One of my greatest reasons that I miss, uh, um, at midnight was for his appearances on the show. Uh, yeah, he, he's similar to the aforementioned, uh, Andy Kindler has that sort of read a phone book and make it interesting uh, mentality. I feel like, uh, okay. So, uh, th the strange thing about this 2016 and it's now 2018. So that's only two years, but I really like really forgot a lot of what happened in this. Uh, they did something interesting. Um, it's only six episodes. I, I guess they weren't 100% sure uh, if people would want to rewatch, which, which I feel is kind of, uh, or sorry, revisit X-Files uh, after it been off the air for so long. And I feel like that's kind of silly just for the reason that uh, X-Files fans are a voracious bunch uh, and, and very loyal, I feel like. Um, so I, I think they could have got away with more episodes. Or, or maybe it was just the fact that uh, the stars sort of weren't sure if they would want to uh, revisit these roles for a, a long stint. I don't know. There's probably many reasons above why it was only six episodes. Um, that being said, uh, what they did was interesting was the first episode and the last episode uh, sort of told the over... Uh, the what would you call it? Like the main story, I guess the, the, the intertwining story that's sort of connecting the past episodes to presumably what's going to happen in season 11, which is sort of an interesting idea. Uh, X files is a show sort of like, uh, what other shows do this? Like deep space nine did it. Yeah. I, I think I'll use deep space nine as an example where, uh, not all episodes would tell the main story, um, sometimes it would be just a little mention in the background and your episode would focus on something more insular. Um, uh, whereas like, for example, that, uh, where monster one that had nothing to do with the main story of, you know, aliens. Uh, let me read the, the description of the first and last and see if that'll make sense. Um, uh, Mulder is contacted by Scully at the behest of F. Ah, we're out of time. Um, <clears throat> Regardless, I don't know what I gave it last time, but this time I'm going to go between a four and a five for this season. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> Book banter. 
Today's book banter sponsor is... Oh, uh, I see it's a table from Ikea. It's called The Borg. Thank you. Okay, we're calling... Uh, calling. We're talking, rather. Oh, boy. Did I take some time off I, I, from recording? No, I did record last weekend. Anyways, I can't explain it. It is 6.57 in the morning, but I have been up for two hours. I don't know. I can't explain it, and I'm not even going to try. Today we're talking... Uh, Shadow by Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Roosh. Rush, R-U-S-C-H. Roosh. Let's, let's call it Roosh because that's fun to say. Uh, this is, if you're following along, and I hope you are, uh, book number four of the Star Trek Section 31 quote-unquote series. I don't know if you can call it a series necessarily. It's just four books that are uh, loosely intertwined in that they... Uh, have the theme of um, Section 31, which in the Star Trek universe is sort of like an undercover organization that works within Starfleet and sort of does, uh, quote-unquote, whatever it takes in order to protect uh, humans from, you know, forces. Uh, yeah, sort of a cool idea. And, and what I liked of this series as a whole was, uh, you know, you get your first one on uh, with Captain Kirk, get the second one with uh, uh, Captain Picard. Uh, you get the third one on uh, Deep Space Nine. Bashir specific, just because on the TV show, Dr. Bashir had the most uh, sort of interactions with uh, Section 31. And then this last one aboard a Voyager. Uh, this last one, <clears throat> probably least uh, needing the Section 31. Uh, like, I think the probably the deep space nine one it wouldn't have been a story without section 31 but i feel like with this one uh and, and it does sort of make sense if you're unfamiliar with voyager it's a spaceship that's trapped you know a uh, hundred years away from uh or was it even longer I, I can't remember exactly trapped a long 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 way uh from other humans so it's sort of lost in space far far away so the fact that they're not going to have as much uh, interactions with the shadow government or organization and a government uh, it's not a government uh that's that's so so far away sort of makes sense uh basically <laughs> like so much so and this is not really a spoiler but i do spoil things uh the the section 31 agent that was aboard voyager uh was actually dead <laughs> uh when the when the book starts uh she was already dead like she had died years previous, but she had sort of set something in place. Uh, and this was sort of the cool thing. So basically she set a trap. So when a, uh, oh, I'm just going to be vague about the technicalities. Uh, there's a device on board. Uh, when a part gets replaced, her booby trap will be, uh, will sort of spring into place, but she died sort of before she could put this new part into place, but just, you know, over the course of years, parts breaking down, uh, eventually someone else puts this part, part in place. Uh, and what it led to was the computer aboard the ship, uh, wanted to kill seven of nine, uh, seven of nine, who is a Borg. Her sort of, uh, logic of why this should be done is that, uh, they're headed home, with a Borg aboard the ship and for a, a Borg to sort of interact with humans, there's always that possibility of, you know, assimilation and resistance is futile and horror and such. So she thought uh, we better get her out of the way. Uh, that's the, the backdrop. Uh, then we add the sort of, I'd almost call it main story, 
that there's this ship that had just escaped from a planet where the sun uh, is about to uh, uh, crash into another sun and explode. Uh, however, this is a, a race, a species that doesn't have warp capabilities yet. So they're sort of just chugging along, chugging along. But uh, by all calculations, they will not make it out of the system before the sun explodes. So, of course, the Voyager swoops in to help. Uh, but then you have the sort of added complication of uh, a computer trying to kill one of the crew members uh, and, and then it's sort of evil computer versus crew while trying to save uh, 8 million people or was it billion people? I don't know. Pretty cool. Oh, rating we'll go 3 or 4 out of 5. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is D&D, baby. All right, uh, yeah, so this is, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, doing a little different than normal in that I am combining the game, Gavin, and the internet intercourse into one segment. Uh, the reason I felt this was logical in this case is because I had a sort of D&D uh, &D special. If you're unfamiliar with D&D, &D, it stands for Dungeons and Dragons, you idiot. Fuck. Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I used to always think my biggest nerdy flavor was Star Trek. Um, but lately, uh, D&D is, is sort of making a run at that first place, I feel like. So, uh, it's, it's almost no surprise that I've got, uh, Star Trek and D&D &D in this one episode because they're, they're fighting one another for my, my D&D &D love. Oh, you know what? That, that sort of reminds me. And, and because this is more just sort of a loose talk, just kind of sort of, kind of sort of, I can do this, I feel like, um. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet in some of my previous D&D uh, talks of the games I'm running or the things that I have planned, but I've managed to, and I don't know if I've explained this fully yet, to create a uh, logical, yeah, logical as much as you can be in a world of fantasy, reason uh, to sort of intertwine the, the Star Trek universe with the Forgotten Realms universe, basically. Okay, I'll, I'll just give you the, the, the short gist of it. Uh, Q, of course you got to get Q involved because he's basically, you know, a magician. <laughs> uh, Q from Star Trek, uh, similar to that episode where he made like Robin Hood and then had the crew fighting, you know, Robin Hood fantasy kind of style whatever not that that's fantasy but you know what i mean uh he decided uh after learning about um in the past humans sort of wrote a lot of fantasy in their their, their sort of fascination with the world of fantasy he decided oh you know what that's kind of cool that uh, humans did that why don't i uh take the crew and uh, you know what i won't even take the crew i'll take all of the the whole universe uh, and, and turn it into a fantasy realm. That'll be cool. So he snaps his fingers, uh, turns the, the, the universe, or maybe we'll just go the sector, or I don't know. Yeah, we'll go universe, uh, into sort of a fantasy realm, like the Forgotten Realms. Um, the problem being, uh, when he snaps his fingers to sort of turn it back after he's uh, fun had fun with his games, he sort of comes to the realization, oh shit, I created a, a universe in which magic... 
uh, and gods exist. Uh, and now I'm not the most powerful being anymore. So he's sort of trapped there. Uh, and, and that's where sort of the Forgotten Realm sort of takes shape from there, where, you know, uh, 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 dwar or, yeah, dwarves are Klingons, humans are humans, uh, elves are uh, Vulcans, uh, high elves are Romulans. I, I have an entire list of all the sort of species crossovers, so I'm sorting throughout my campaign uh, trickling in these things and eventually it will all become clear, but uh, that, that's sort of an idea I've been working on. Anyways, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about all these D&D things on the internet I have found and experienced. Uh, things like Dungeon Masters Guild. Uh, basically, it's a resource where you can go and download PDFs of an incredibly wide range of things. I've mostly been focusing it on um classes uh D, D classes but uh, they've got race things uh all sorts of resources uh tables of, of various kind uh one thing i got did i get it on there i think i might have was a a ten thousand random effect table ten thousand whoever made that very impressive some of them are just twists so you'll you'll have one effect that has subtle twists uh which is it's still kind of cool uh what i'm going to use that for is um, uh, my, uh, players in my current campaign have these armbands on, sort of like armbands of balance, you might say, uh, for all you, uh, Adventure Zone fans out there. Um, oh yeah, I forgot this is two parts. Uh, so with those, I'm gonna allow them to communicate, but, uh, they can only do ten words at a time, and, uh, when they do use that... Uh, there's going to be one of those random effects from the table. Yeah, so it's just a cool resource. Some things are free, some things you pay for. A lot of them ask for donations. Uh, I, I always try to at least, at least give, you know, some money. So I'm not just... Like, you could put in zero cents as your uh, what you're going to pay for it. But I always feel kind of... Uh, cheap for the the people who took time to make stuff like this. I, I, I'm, one thing I'm thinking of making is a uh, a class of my own. Uh, one that I think might be cool is what I'm going to call a reverse druid, where basically most of the time you're in your animal form, but uh, you sort of use your shape change to turn into your humanoid form. Form. Uh, I, I got to do some thinking on it, but uh, but it's something I've been thinking about for a while. So it'll be my own class, reverse druid uh okay so moving on to dragon talk yes that's the official D, &D uh podcast from the folks at uh, wizards uh very very good what i like about it is they do a sort of a cross between many things uh just straight talking interviews uh one of the sort of my favorite sections has become uh like like i, I came for the interviews because that's normally what i like from podcasting but uh, they do a section called lore you should know uh which is basically just they'll take a subject like uh i think one of the earlier ones i listened to was giants uh so they talked about all the different races of giants and and like the gods they pray to and and they're sort of uh their uh, society and stuff like that and do sort of a, a really in-depth look at various things uh and, and it gives you good ideas i think if you're a dm so uh so i enjoy that moving on to a poop ton of 
uh, YouTube channels that resolve or, uh, revolve around D&D. Uh, so I've got uh, WebDM, Matt Koval, uh, Nerdarchy, 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 uh, Animated Spellbook, Puffin, Puffin Forest, Seth Skorkowski, uh, and then last but not least, I just watched Celebrity D&D with Terry Crews. Uh, let me just start with that one. It was okay. Uh, I feel like maybe my, uh, like I didn't watch actually the whole thing. I sort of gave up halfway through. Uh, it was uh, uh, Matt Mercer doing it. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I like, maybe I need more of a podcast than, uh, I feel like when I've watched D&D, um, be it uh, Critical Role or... Uh, what's the one that the guys at Funhouse used to do? Like when I'm watching it, uh, I'm not as interested as if I'm just listening to it on a podcast. I wonder why that is. Maybe because I can sort of picture it more than if I'm just watching it. Anyways, um, so I, I sort of decided to go down that rabbit hole because it was a long weekend and I wanted to add more D&D stuff to my uh, weekly uh, listening, viewing repertoire. Uh, so I, I watched like, I don't know, maybe 10 plus videos from each of these channels. And then from there decided which ones, uh, I was going to subscribe to. Uh, I don't think I subscribed to all of them. Uh, let me just think web DM. Did I Matt Koval? I definitely did because, uh, I've seen his stuff and stuff before, and he's just got a sort of, uh, very good delivery. It's, it's sort of calm, uh, measured, uh, and, and very intelligent, I, I feel like. Uh, animated Spellbook, that was uh, uh, funny ones. It, basically, it's they'll take a spell and then do a little animated thing about it. Puffin Forest was also very funny. Uh, I think what I liked most ab about uh, Seth Skorkowski, uh, he, he tells a good story about past... Uh, games like things that happen in past games uh if that's all he focused on i i would definitely but uh he he sort of does um more of a, a tutorial based but then we'll throw in the odd story and i think if he just told stories uh i, I would i would be more interested uh all in all uh if you are a dm or interested in dungeons and dragons youtube has just a freakish amount of stuff that you can pour through, obviously. Uh, the internet and D&D, uh, obviously, obviously, uh, going to have a great uh, affinity for one another, as they're both things nerdy, I would say. Uh, you know what you could do? Uh, what's my... Am I Jordan Maywood on YouTube? Uh, yeah, I think I am. Oh, shit. So if you go to my YouTube channel, uh, can you just search Jordan Maywood? I think you can, Jordan Maywood. Uh, if you just go to uh, my YouTube channel, uh, you can look at... Yeah, that's what it is. All right, cool. Uh, I create every single week a playlist... Uh, of all the YouTube videos I watch. Um, that way I, I could just sort of push play and it'll play one after the other. Uh, I've done it for many, many years. Uh, the reason I bring it up today uh, is because, oh, I've got 80 subscribers now on YouTube. Oh, I didn't realize I had got that high. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, you could go and the playlist for the week of... Uh, that will be August 5th, 2018. Ooh, a little behind the scenes action as to when I'm recording this. 
that uh, particular playlist has 101 videos, uh, a large chunk of which is the uh, is all these D&D videos. Uh, so, you know, you can go down the same rabbit holes I do if you so choose. And I hope you do, folks. That was a fine episode, if I think, maybe, sort of, kind of. It will, of course, leave one thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. (laughs) I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper